Welcome to another Scientology Fair Game podcast. Hello, Mikey. Hello, Lily. How are you out there today? I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. You're so cute. All right, you want to introduce our guest? Absolutely. We have a a guest a little different than uh, many of our normal guests this week. Someone who was raised a Jehovah's Witness, but then left and then had a very successful or still has a very successful career as a Hollywood movie producer, and then in the last couple of years has devoted a considerable amount of time and effort to directing a documentary about the Jehovah's Witnesses, which we're going to talk about, which appears on Vice TV. And I'll have all the links as usual on our show, but it's a great pleasure to welcome Aaron Kaufman to the show today. Hi, Aaron. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. Happy to have you. Now, for those of you, you know, who've watched the aftermath, you know that we did a special on the Jehovah's Witnesses. We were, Mike and I were really interested because we had an overwhelming response to it. We pitched to A and E to do a whole series on just the Jehovah's Witnesses <laughs> because <laughs> As we uh, scratched the surface, I mean, what did we have, 12 guests, Mike? Yeah, and that was just the ones who were available to come for the taping. I mean, there was a ton of them. And each yeah. person, Aaron, we found we could have done an episode just on them because each person had layers of atrocities happen to them while being Jehovah's Witnesses, while having you know, the policies, if you will, uh, administer to them, to family members. It, I mean, it ranged from uh, sexual abuse to physical abuse, mental abuse, the heartbreaking uh, disconnection policy that they have, which is not called disconnection, but it's called um, disfellowship. What is it called, Eric? Disfellowship. It's, uh, it's yeah. called disfellowshipping, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's an act of shunning. And, you know, it's, of course... Presented as a loving act, right? Just as with Scientology, it's a little nicer than Scientology in that aspect of this <laughs> fellowship because Scientology goes after, you know, I mean, yeah. they see us as pure evil and we should be dead. But the Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, the theory is basically it's a loving act to get them back in, uh, not so much in Scientology. But it's a topic that, that deserves more talking about it. I'm glad that people like you continue to make documentaries, continue to do podcasts. We, we we're very close with Lloyd, who I'm sure you know. I've I've met yeah. Uh, he was instrumental in helping us, you know, tell the right story because we didn't know anything about the Jehovah's Witnesses and. Yeah. Um, so anyway, thank you for being here, and, th and that is why we're talking about it again. And obviously, you feel similarly because you're here. You you <laughs> yes. made a film about it, and you continue to talk about it. Why don't you tell yeah. us about yourself? Yeah, it's interesting if I could start with you know sure. one of the reasons I was really excited to be on the show is that you know in a lot of ways, obviously there are two different things: Scientology and the witnesses. But the similarities between the two are why I made the movie in the first place. And a lot of that, I can, there's sort of two links back to the both of you that are sort of the antecedent for this project. One is when I saw the first season of your show, what it was really eye opening for me because when you're a grow up witness, you're told a certain thing about all these other religions, right? And then 
as I was watching and you, when you started to speak openly, um, Leo and Mike, you and, and uh, also started to come, come forward. What came up over and over again was how similar the two mm-hmm. faiths were right. and how similar yeah. the, the, the construction of them was in order to keep people controlled. And I was, even though I had been out for quite some time, I still was flabbergasted by how similar they were. Because to be quite honest, and, and I mean no offense, when we were growing up, Scientologists, they were crazy people. Right. Like, <laughs> like right. yeah. those people, they're nuts. Right. We're awesome, of course. You know, we're the right. best. But right. you guys are so crazy. So as I'm sitting there going like, oh, you guys were calling it disconnecting. We called it disfellowshipping, right? Sure. There were so many yeah. one-to-one Mm-hmm. you know, analogs between the two that, um, that was really eye-opening for, for me. And that sort of led me, I'd always wanted to do something within the witnesses. I always thought it would be sort of a narrative, like a feature or something that I would write. Um, but after, after kind of being inspired by, by you guys, I started to do some research and I came across this source who kind of became our Edward Snowden type character, who was very much entrenched, very much was sort of this nexus of all of this information. And that's when I first found out about the secret database and some of the other um, sort of internal aspects that he was willing to expose. And then for me, not being a journalist, not coming from that world, I was really inspired to, um, to, to kind of try to bring that to light. And that's how the doc happened. But I will say all this as well, as I was starting to do research for the doc, what was interesting to me, what I found over and over again, as I was on Reddit and talking to abuse victims, but also talking to ex-witnesses, they all really felt a connection to you personally. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would tell me, oh, you know, Facebook messaged Leah Remedy and she hit me back and told me, you know, that was supportive or this, that, whatever. And what was obvious to me at that point was that there just was a dearth of support for yeah. witnesses. And so they were sort of almost not glomming on, but they, they were sort of like looking to you and like, Hey, please help us too. Yes. Yes. Which is why we did the special because there were, it was an overwhelming amount of people saying to us, Mike and Leah, please do something on the Jehovah's witnesses. Please look into this. Please look into this. And I had somebody that I had been talking to on Twitter who we later became friends who her name is Sonia. And she is a former member and she sent me all the books Remember, Mike, when I was reading them and I was like, (laughs) because, you know, listen, we didn't want to come off as people who were presuming to know about this. And I wanted to see it for myself. I wanted to read the literature. I wanted to see the books. I wanted to see the. What is the um, the magazine? The it's uh, the Watchtower. Well, it's the Watchtower magazine. and the Awake magazine. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then the the guidelines for which the Watchtower rules, which you know, they hand down those mandates to their elders, and to those elders hand those down to their congregation. And it was just overwhelming, and and that's why we did the, we ultimately did the special, and we continue to be baffled by this. And you're right, you know, Scientology. Ain't shit, really, in comparison. <laughs> in comparison, right, Mike? I even said that no, to no, you. No, I go, you're, Leah, you're exactly you, right. Like, there's 10,000 yeah. Jehovah's Witness kingdom halls around the world, yeah. or, or more. Like, there, there are a lot. Yeah, yeah there's eight and a half million Jehovah's Witnesses. And so when I was, it's funny you talk about, like, talking to A&E, because we had talked to A&E, we had talked to everybody. Yeah. And what's what's interesting is, 
as we finally got to make the, the movie, midway through, I realized, oh, now I know why everybody passed on this, right? It's like, why? you're taking on a global religion. <laughs> you're, you're talking about these really dark subjects, right? You're showing sort of the devastation that this creates. And so at the time, I was so into it that I didn't understand why you wouldn't want to make this project. But as I was making it, I was like, wow, this is tough stuff. You know, like this is, you know, not a lot of jokes. No, <laughs> in this show, not um, a lot of pleasure, I, not, not, not a lot of funny. Yeah. Right. No, you had the benefit of, you know, your, you use your platform to, to be able to, um, to talk about the subject, but otherwise, you know, it was not easy. And so it's interesting to hear that it wasn't even easy for you to be able to kind of create a show around it. No, we had to fight for the special for the Jehovah's witnesses, but I'm glad that they, allowed us to do so, but they certainly didn't want to do a whole show about it. And I felt it certainly deserved its own show. And, and also I think, and Aaron, you can tell me if you think this is wrong, but I feel like people feel like, well, this has already been talked about ad nauseum, you know, like all the information in this documentary and this podcast and podcasts like it exposing, uh, abusive cults, uh, you know, people know about it. That's the idea I think that people get. Don't you think, Aaron? Like people are like, well, it, isn't something being done about <laughs> it, Jehovah's Witness? Like that's been done. Yeah. No, the, I so much agree. And I think it goes even deeper than that, which is yeah. I think, and, I, and by the way, I feel I'm in the same category, which is yeah. we don't want to get into this because once you pick up the rock, you have to deal with what's underneath, right? And so, and, and actually this was something that came up over and over and over again as I was trying to make the project and it got under my skin, which was mm-hmm. people were like, yeah, 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 it's the same as the Catholic church, right? Yeah, it's the same. Like religion's weird or religion's fucked up, but religion's terrible. And I would try to make the point of like, no, no, this is not just religion. This goes a step beyond that. And that's where I think Scientology and the witnesses are very similar is yes, religion in general has issues, but this is not that. This is something much deeper than that. And please pay attention. The other thing to your point is the way to shake people's shoulders and get them to look at the witnesses was Mm -hmm. to be able to identify this extreme issue of the two witness rule and the abuse database. Right. But, and I, I don't mean any disrespect to that subject, but to me, that's the subject that got people to pay any attention to this at all. But that affects a small amount of witnesses. What affects all witnesses are the control that the organization has over the Jehovah's Witnesses. They're not going to college. They're being one of the, you know, um, the poorest religions, if you look at the Pew Research, as far as low personal income, right? All of that stems from this kind of control that they have, which is to make these people, these eight and a half million people, right, which compared to Scientology is, you know, many, many factors of to to get them to go against what is beneficial for them and their families, Mm -hmm. right? That's what people don't realize. And it's hard to get people to really kind of focus on that is, you know, this is really what the the issue is, is you have people that are not educating themselves. You have people that are completely dependent now on this organization. And then you have the, you mentioned this fellowshipping, you know, I feel like that this is where the religion veers from being a religion and then veers into being more of a cult. And I realize people go crazy the moment you say this. In fact, I had a conversation with the PR people at the society uh, of the Jehovah's witnesses. And the moment I mentioned cult at all, they were very civil. And then they kind of just 
you know, got crazy when I, when I said that, and it, it kept came at me saying, you know, you were a witness, you know, it wasn't a cult. And when I said to them, well, look, I was a witness. So of course I didn't think it was a cult, but as I've gotten older and I realized that cults separate families from each other, right. Mm-hmm. Cults get involved with every aspect of someone's life. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you start going through, what is the definition of a cult? Right. It doesn't bring me any joy to say it's a cult. It literally is just practical. Look, they're controlling every aspect of your life. They are not allowing you to see research or any kind of data outside of what they're feeding you. They are not allowing you to speak to ex-witnesses, right? Say what you want about the Roman Catholic Church, right? But if you're an ex-Catholic, you can still be spoken to by an active Catholic. You could still walk into a church and light a candle. You could still, and and certainly, I, and you you. This was in your film, but the the Catholic Church has owned up to they're, they've admitted to their wrongdoing. I'm not saying they they've done um, amazing things to change it, but it's certainly not in their scripture. It's not in the Bible, as it is in the Jehovah's Witnesses writings that you are not allowed to report crimes to the police. Uh, you have to go to an elder. You mentioned this two witness rule, and I'd like you to explain to our listeners what that is. And also, I want to ask you, Aaron, how long were you a witness? How long were you involved? I grew up in it. I was actually a third generation witness. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in it, you know, and it was all I knew growing up. I, I will say, <laughs> it's funny, a- after having interviewed tons of ex-witnesses, I realized I don't know how great a witness I was to begin with, <laughs> right. <laughs> to be quite honest, because I, you know, you talk to people and you realize like they literally never saw an R-rated movie. They right. literally never did it. And I was like, oh, I did all of those things. Right, um, right. So I definitely grew up in a, in a devout household that I thought was devout. When I look back on it, I realized they were maybe a little more liberal than others. Than they were supposed to be. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and when did you start to wake up? Because, you know, we're asked this all the time. Like, didn't you know you were in a cult? No. First of all, we didn't educate ourselves, you know, just like the witnesses were an educational look down upon. But I mean... They do say that a Scientology education is more important. So most people, it, it, ironically, it's just coincidence, leave school in the eighth grade. Right. And same with the witnesses. But the witnesses promote, the governing body promotes, uh, we don't need doctors. We don't need, you know, smart people. You know, and, and one of the videos, I, I think the guy said, well, you know, what we need is contractors, you know, people to build, you <laughs> know, houses. Um, that's in the movie. That's in, in the movie, yeah. Which, which implies like, well, contractors are not s- smart, but um, okay. Yeah. That's not what I'm implying, but it, it is the way cults work. And don't take our word for it, guys. Honestly, you simply need to get on your computers and look for the checklist of what a cult is and how cults organize. They don't start out with all this crazy stuff, you know, because intelligent yeah. people, kind hearted people, are in these cults, you know, you don't just, what I also come to realize is in, in, well, first two things, one, yeah. you have to understand just like in, in, uh, Scientology. And I, I've yeah. known people that were Scientologists. There are great things. There are good things, right. In the sense of you have a community, you have a network, right. So when you're well, growing up, that's the way up, cults work. I don't, I don't know that that's a good thing because that is the carrot that keeps you there. Right. And entrenched in it. Yeah. My point is, I'm not defending it. My point is to say, when people look at you and say, why were you so stupid? How did you yes. stay yes. in that for so long? Yes. You have to say to them, look, there is a, there's a network. There is stuff that, there is stuff that you get in that environment that you don't necessarily yes. have. I've had to personally build 
a network of yeah. friends and support and yes. mentors and things because yes. um, that 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 you lose you do lose that right. And yes. I think that's the other thing. Looking at people leaving the witnesses, right? Yeah. Um, I almost said leaving the truth because they refer to the it right. as the truth. Right. Right. And here I'm forty. I'm I'm I've been out for so long, but I still every once in a while will. Uh, We'll say that, but the the thing is, leaving is so hard, and they make leaving so hard. I know that's the same for for Scientology sure. that um, because you're taught to depend on them a hundred percent, right? Yeah. And yeah. then once you're there, to leave is impossible. And I've talked to so many people whose story was much worse than mine, in the sense of you know they lost all the support they knew or the the job that they had or or yeah. etc. So yeah. so that's the the kind of stuff that I think people don't fully realize. But to answer your question, I really, I have to say me personally, when I was maybe 12 or so, I got really into film. I was always like a film nerd. And that was my, I was really into it. And I had to sort of like secretly be into it because you Right, because that's a worldly thing. You're not really allowed to be dancing or (laughs) celebrating birthdays. You're not supposed to be watching movies of a certain content. Right. I mean, there's a lot of restrictions. You, you know, you, it's, it weren't, they're not Amish, so you could dance, but you have to, you know, everything was critiqued. And also, and this is something that I'm sure you saw in Scientology as well. They sort of make the group, you know, it's sort of like almost like a, like communist East Germany or something, you know, it's like the group they'll tell on you. Right. So if you dance, suggestively you'll get pulled into the back room at your next meeting for this. You know, that's, that's another thing that you don't necessarily have in, if you're a, you know, Episcopalian or something like they're, they're not necessarily that, that kind of network of, of judgment. Um, But yes, it was definitely worldly to be into film. And so what I would do literally as a kid is like, I would get up at like two o'clock in the morning and go downstairs to watch HBO because, you know, a clockwork orange was on or something, you know? So, so I always had sort of the, um, the, the duality of, you know, I thought this was the truth. I was told this was truth. And I, I really believe that, honestly, even after I left to a certain degree, and I, I want to talk about that a little bit, but I definitely had this sort of duality. And I would venture to say that's another corrosive element. I don't know if that's the same in Scientology, but with the witnesses, it almost trains you to be two-faced and not to be a completely realized, honest person, right? So of it's like course. you have your oh. They create liars, manipulators. That's who we are fighting against. Like we're ourselves. We create an alternate person, right? You say, you know, I'm righteous. I'm doing the right thing. And yet you're completely lying. You're, you're abusive. You're being abused. I mean, it's insane. And it takes years, maybe a lifetime to try to offset that. There's these horrible, horrible things that we reported on in the doc. But I would say- Again, that affects a small amount of people. What you just described, I would venture to say, affects all of them. Mm-hmm. And right. how corrosive that is to send people out in the world trained to show one face here and to be have another face here. And I think that's the stuff that took me so long to kind of finally get rid of. And also, Aaron, I wanted to bring up the fact that uh, one of the basic, I guess, one of the foundational like concepts that Jehovah uh, Witnesses are working off of is that this life is not the real life. This life that you're living today is unimportant. It's what's going to happen with the new system, right? When everybody's dead, Armageddon has taken place and only the Jehovah's witnesses survived. And now there's 
this new system of things where, you know, you're, there's no crime, there's no nothing, you know, uh, your grandparents will rise from the dead, you'll be able to live with them, you know, um, carnivores will no longer be carnivores, you know, you could have a tiger as a pet, and, yes. you know, this is the new system of things, and out of the 140,000 uh, witnesses that survive the Armageddon, how many of you will make it to that new system, to yeah. that new world? How many? And, 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 and the only actual number was the 144,000 that would okay. go to heaven. The amount left were those that were faithful, or there was, you know, a uh, an opportunity for those who's still living to become faithful. So, but it would be a microscopic version, and it's so interesting to me because as an adult, and you really start to think about things. You go, wait a second. So you're going to kill like 7 billion people? Uh-huh. Like, you know, they're, they're like, you're supposed to believe that a loving God who's, you know, all-knowing and, and uh, all-seeing and, and uh, omniscient, right, uh-huh. is, is willing to kill 7 billion people. Uh-huh. And we just took that in stride. Like, of course. Right. That's- <laughs> yes, that makes sense. <laughs> As one well, does, he's saving right? us, so we're and cool. Not, yeah, and not to mention, you could be a shit mother, shit father, shit son. Mm-hmm. You could be disconnecting, shunning your own children, right? Yeah. Not giving your children a good life, not giving your children an education, not being connected with the world at large, right? Just as as same as us, Mike, right? We were not in harmony with the rest of the world. Scientologists behind the scenes say the most awful things about the rest of the world. Right. And it has the same mentality, like that everybody who isn't a Scientologist shouldn't be living, period. This right. is not the basis of what a real religion should be based on, that everybody should be dead. And what you said, Aaron, to say that this is just like any other religion, not true uh, for many reasons, which you've already talked about many times. But if you really have that concept about cults, about Scientology, about oppressive systems by which people are living— then you just have your head up your ass. I don't know what to say to you. I really don't. And to that point, and I, 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 I don't know that I make that point in the, in the film as, as strong as I want to, but exactly what you just said, here's the thing. You have children, I have children. And if you can have a religion that will allow you to suppress your natural instincts, right? Because yeah. your natural instinct, when you have a kid, by the way, having children really kind of opened my eyes a lot so I think that my journey through it is kind of gradual over time. But yeah, you, when you have a kid, you you would jump in front of a bus if that would save the kid, right? And that's yes. your normal of yeah, a that, bus. That's your that's your natural instinct inside you, right? Yeah. So here, think about this: you have a religion in place that is so deeply embedded into people's psyche, right? That they can get them to suppress their actual instincts. They're paternal instincts. They're maternal mm-hmm. instincts. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a, for instance, right? There's a, a guy in the, uh, in the movie, his name is Martin Hoff and he's a nice, nice guy. I met a lot of nice people. This was really kind of broke my heart. He was an elder, which is, you know, obviously, a, a somebody who has more of a standing, uh, kind of as a congregation leader. Yeah. Um, and his daughter was, um, molested. He actually walked in on her being molested. And, the fellow elders, they put a lot of pressure on him not to go to the authorities, not to really even pursue this. And they kind of dealt with it in a way that wasn't really satisfactory to him. And they uh, really kind of 
he, when he objected, they really pushed on him. Mm-hmm. He actually, he never went to the authorities, but he went to, to sort of the, what they call Bethel or sort of main hub of the witnesses. And because of that, the congregation felt that he was going around them and therefore was uh, showing that he wasn't uh, believing in the, in the process and the faith. They removed him as an elder. So they actually, here's a guy whose daughter was abused, mm-hmm. was told not to go to the authorities, mm-hmm. was not able to even get any level of satisfaction as far as um, punishment for the offender. And instead, he was then taken down. And I right. found over and over again, people that came forward that were the victim, that they would end up getting abu- you know, treated poorly, more poorly than the person who actually had done something against them. Let's talk about what the two-witness rule is so that people know what we're talking about. And the reason why you made this documentary is because what has been uncovered and has been being uncovered is, and correct me if I'm wrong, thousands and thousands of documented molesters inside the organization, and it is in writing. Yep, it is. And this organization is still existing as is. They refuse to hand these documents over. They refuse to prosecute their own because this would look badly on them. Same with Scientology. They want to protect the money. They want to protect the control, but really it's just about the money because we're talking about how much does the Jehovah's Witnesses have in, in real estate? And Oh, it's, it's, it's billions. And, and it's interesting because since I've been gone, there were a few things I remember growing up that like, I felt proud of you know, yeah. because they didn't do like televangelism and they didn't, they weren't really that aggressive money-wise, yeah. but they've since stopped that. Like they are now very aggressive. They have programs where they put pressure on elderly people to sign over their homes sure. and their wills, et cetera. I mean, so, so that was an eye opener for me afterwards. Cause if you had asked me even 10 years after leaving, I would have told you, no, 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 no. The witnesses don't do that. You know, the witnesses don't, don't do this, even though I was no longer a witness. But right. getting back to your, your question about the two witness rule. Explain to me, to explain to our yeah. listeners what that is. So the witnesses, which I feel is similar to the um, Scientologists, have their own judicial system, right? The idea, the expectation is if, you know, Mike and I have a disagreement where, you know, we have a, something between us, we would go to the congregation before I would take Mike to small claims court. Or I would take him to the authorities, right? So that is, in and of itself, not the worst thing in the world. The problem is that they then, the the auspices of of what they are in charge of has grown and grown and grown to where literally it's everything within a person's life. So while that might work well for the fender bender that Mike and I had or the money that I owe Mike, um, it doesn't work when you're dealing with something like sex abuse or rape. And so this two witness rule, you know, it's found in in the Bible, and they stick to this well, very, well, very, in, you know, in their in their Bible. No, I, look, it, it's it's really how it's interpreted, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea of having having two witnesses at a time when you know, remember, this is this is a time before technology, before right. a lot of other things. So mm-hmm. so taking those things on their face, and that's very much a witness thing. Is just mm-hmm. I'm going to take the written word on its face, not really apply any modern logic to this at all. Right, mm-hmm. so I'm going to just do what it, what it says. Well, yes, this was before we had uh, government. This was before we had police departments. This is before, right? This is before we had juries. <laughs> yes, 
DNA evidence or iPhones or anything, right? right? right. Mm-hmm. So, but they still, they've dug in and they've dug in again. Basically, mm-hmm. anything that happens, if I try to bring someone to the, the brothers or the elders and say, this person did X, Y, and Z, if that person says, no, I did not, and there's not a second witness to support that, then they basically act like nothing has happened. They might try to get the person to be honest or try to mollify the two of them in, in some way, but ultimately, they can't take an action against someone if there isn't a second witness. It's handled internally, just with sci- as with Scientology, although, Mike, we don't have in writing that you need to have two witnesses available because, and the action that is taken, Aaron, is not like, well, okay, you admitted to raping, you know, your own daughter. <laughs> okay, we got to turn you over to the police. What's done yeah. is like, hey, repent and, you know. That, that's, Give us some money for some auditing. Ex- yes, exactly. <laughs> that's but, but the that's thing what is, happens it, in Scientology. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Aaron, sorry. No, I was going to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was going to say that the this goes back to what we were saying before about suppressing your impulses, right? Sure. Anybody, anyone in their right mind, when someone comes to them, a 12-year-old comes to them and says, my dad is molesting me mm-hmm. nightly. My dad's having sex with me. I'm 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Your natural impulse is, oh, my God, my hair is on fire. I, let's call the police. Let's call the National Guard. Let's mm-hmm. call who, you know whoever because this has to be addressed. They've uh, uh, created this level where they've suppressed their instincts so much so that they can look at that same situation and say, well, there's nothing we can do to help you. I have examples of that. I mean, I have over and over again. One of the examples, one of the people, the abuse victims we talked to, she was, I think, 13 when she came to the, um, to the elders. And this young woman had lost her mother, and the father had started to, to have sex with her. She came forward because he was about to get remarried, mm-hmm. and the person he was remarrying had daughters. Mm-hmm. And she literally came forward because she said, I'm afraid he's going to do to them what he does to me. Right. Okay? They bring in the father. He says, well, you know, she's going through a lot because her mother died. This is not true, etc." They send them back. Now, the, little, the woman who now, when she was a young girl, she said to them, well, what do I do now? And they told her, well, you can always pray to Jehovah. Mm-hmm. Now, ghoulish. Like, I mean, the idea, yes. like, when I try to put myself in that scenario, and I even try to be even-handed. Like, okay, is there any scenario where I would do that, where I could find myself to do that? The answer is, of course not. This is crazy. And we have, the the thing with the witnesses is they're very organized, they keep great records, and they're global, right? Right. And they're top-down kind of autocratic, right? So what that means is what happens in New York's congregation is happening in a congregation in Europe, is happening in a congregation in South America. They're doing the same thing on the same day And so because of that, when you have a problem in New York, a lot of times you're having that same problem in California and Sao Paulo. Of course, because it's in the scripture. It's the very teaching of it is abusive and illegal, right? I mean, like in Scientology, they make the victim, well, you must have molested another person in another lifetime. That's why it's happening to you this lifetime. Or you've done something bad this lifetime to have received that kind of ethic. They blame the victim for it happening. Here I was, you know, 20 years after, after leaving, and I still was defending them, you know, because I'd yeah. have these, these people that would say, well, no, they knew this from the top down. They were telling congregations not to go to the authorities. And I literally, even though I was, 
I was definitely negative against the witnesses, definitely interested in doing something uh, about them. I still was defending them, saying, no, 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 that's, that's, that can't be true. And then that's where our Mark O'Donnell, who's in the, um, uh, the doc, that's where he was like, here's the documents. And there's literally letters that they sent to the organization saying that you don't have a responsibility to go to the authorities and to put all of this into a blue envelope and send it back to Bethel, you know, back to, back to headquarters. I couldn't, once I saw that, I was like, ugh, I have to make this project. You know, it was like, I couldn't believe it because up until then, my thought about the witnesses was just, this was not for me. And so I went through a phase where I just thought like, this is not for me and I don't want this, but it's still a good organization. Right. And then over time it was like, well, maybe it's not. And then by the time I made the movie, I was like, oh my God, it's, it's almost a criminal organization. And when I say that, I don't say that lightly. In California, they were paying a $4,000 a day fine that racked into the millions just so that they didn't have to hand over this database of pedophiles, which they were maintaining. So you're saying that right right now there are cases going on right now in California where they are being asked by a judge or by a DA. I don't know. What's the story, Mike? Let me just go back because I want to raise something that I saw in your film Aaron, that I was not aware of prior, which was the fact that the Jehovah's Witnesses in 1997 sent a survey to every congregation in the world asking them to report back on instances of pedophilia, abuse, or even suspected abuse. And they gathered all this information together at their headquarters in New York and have it there as a repository, it's like the sex offenders of the Jehovah's Witnesses data bank. And when people have come forward to file lawsuits because they themselves were molested and have asked for that evidence to be provided and courts have ordered it, the Jehovah's Witnesses have just like Scientology, gone so far as to incur a daily $4,000 penalty imposed by the court for their refusal to turn over the documents, which ultimately, uh, I don't know the details, but it says in the film, it got up to $2 million before they settled the case to make it go away. And that they maintain the position, just as Scientology does, that this evidence of abuse that is ongoing and has occurred within Mm -hmm. the Jehovah's Witness organizations is exempt from being turned over because of some theory of religious exemption for having to turn over these files, just like Scientology does, Scientology never wants to turn over the incredibly detailed records they have of sexual Mm -hmm. abuse or other abuse or crimes that have been committed that are contained in the files. They took a case all the way to the United States Supreme Court to try to prevent turning over the files of the person who was suing, not even someone else, the person who was suing. And this is what sets the Jehovah's Witnesses and Scientology apart. Look, the Catholic Church has 
They've done a lot of stuff that's not good, and I'm not seeking to defend that. They have also yeah. resisted turning over sure. files. They've transferred priests around. They've done all sorts of, of shady stuff because they don't like the bad PR that they get out of it. But in the end, you know, when the Pope comes out and says, look, we've got something to deal with here. We have an issue and we're addressing it or whatever. That has never happened in Scientology yeah. and it has never happened with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. And to me, that is probably the most terrible thing about these organizations is that while professing yes. to be the saviors of mankind and the humanitarian organizations that are going to bring enlightenment to the world, mm -hmm. they are literally sitting on covering up and trying to prevent justice for the victims of their own abuses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. And they, they claim clergy, you know, the, the confidentiality rights of clergy, even though they also, on the other hand, say they don't have a clergy class in the witnesses. But yeah, they, they're trying, even now, they are in the states that they don't have to, they don't have definitive laws that require them to, to go to the authorities, they're, they're still not. We put it in the dock, but they double down. They put them somebody on their uh, on on uh, their um, uh, JW.org saying, you know, the two witness rule is stands, and we stand by it, and and that's it. And all of these common denominator Scientology, Catholic Church, the witnesses, at some point they go awry where the organization is more important than the individual individual right. mm -hmm. and and the, the life and the health of the organization is more important than it's the actual followers the followers that are financing it the followers that are supporting it they are no longer as important as this and i'll prove it to you over and over and over again what i found were abuse survivors that would say they were told not to go to the authorities mm -hmm. because they didn't want them to bring reproach upon jehovah mm. now that exact phrase yeah. I heard more than a hundred times. Because I would say, did you ever, you know, you were, you're the, the parent. Didn't you want to go to the authorities? Oh, yeah. I wanted to go to, one of them said, I wanted to go to Walmart and buy a gun. I thought about it. But I didn't, and I didn't go to the authorities because I didn't want to bring reproach upon Jehovah. Now, what that means really is they're saying your justice, justice for your daughter is less important than the organization that you're part of. And once you click into that mindset, the problem with it is that can go anywhere. I mean, that can go to really dark places. We showed how dark it could be in, in the dock, but let me tell you something. I could have, I could have made 20 of these docks. Uh, exactly. And I'm sure it's the same for you. And it goes on and on and on, which is why we continue to do a podcast, right? Which is why when people leave, not everybody feels a responsibility to continue to expose these abusive uh, organizations for what they are, but some of us do, right? Yeah. And it, it, we're going to continue to, to do it until things change, until it gets shut down or there's a change of policies in the, yeah. within the organization. Now, why hasn't a raid, for example, taken place at the Jehovah's Witness? Like, wh why haven't they <laughs> yeah, just I mean, gone in and gotten these files just as they should do with Scientology? Listen, the FBI conducted a raid in the 70s, and this is how they had a, a treasure of, of yep. crimes that were being committed by Scientology. And by the way, they could do it today and come up with the same result. 
Yeah. Well, I, I think that, and I'm not defending this, but no. I do think we have freedom of religion. And I also want to be clear, and I, I, I feel like you guys feel the same way. You know, we're not saying our religion's bad or you don't have a right to religion. Absolutely, you have those rights. And I think that our sensitivity as a country to those rights is what has prevented people from really wanting to go after them. I saw it. I'm sure you saw it when we were pitching the, the documentary. Because it's like, ah, it's religion. Like, nobody wants to touch there's it. A, there's a difference between faith and religion, right? And having, you, it's like, we've always said this. Scientologists can believe anything they want. Jehovah's Witnesses, you, we're not saying that. You can believe in this. You can believe in that. I can pray to my water bottle. That's up to me. Like, I, <laughs> yes. But where it infringes on people, where it oppresses a people, this is where we should start to step in and take some consideration for that. You can't do whatever the fuck you want under the under the banner of religion, which is what they're getting away with with this argument. And particularly, you cannot abuse children. I understand what you're saying, Aaron. Look, we've had a lot of discussions about this. Sure. But when it comes to children, the law is different. It just is. And that you cannot hide behind the religious exemption and the clergy this and the blah, blah, and all that sort of bullshit to pretend that this is in the best interest of any child who has been abused. And that is what is so frustrating about this, because you know, and I know now from watching your documentary, that the Jehovah's Witnesses have files sitting in their headquarters, which are, if not direct evidence, at least evidence that would lead to direct evidence of actual abuse of children that they are aware of that the authorities are not, and that the people who perpetrated those abuses are still out there. That's what's so frustrating about this, is right. that yeah. these people who do this stuff, they don't just stop, they keep going. They do it again and again and again and again. And there are children out there who are being abused today because this wasn't stopped last week or last yep. year or 10 years ago. And the evidence is sitting there. So yeah. listen, someone needs to do something about yeah. this and, and, and change this mindset because you're right. It is a mindset. It is like yeah. a... It's like a, we're scared of the boogeyman of touching religion. Erwin <laughs> Zalkin, who's an attorney we have in the doc, and he's, he's one, I mean, he's just, I mean, his whole practice is now witness cases. And he's, you know, I mean, they're either settling or he's winning over and over and over again. One of the things he said, because he's one of the few people that's gotten a look at part of the database. Right. And he extrapolated uh, that, you know, based upon how similar everything is, Taking into account what Australia found when they when they conducted the royal commission. Oh, Mike, you should put that link up there too. I will. Australian commission. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, no worries. Um, but he extrapolated that the database probably contains fifty-five to sixty thousand names of of people, and we know for a fact that most of those, at least for those crimes, uh, are have not been brought to justice. Now, what we found in, in we were making the, doc the documentary was. What ended up tricking people up is because the recidivism rate is so high amongst pederasts is 
that they would get caught on another, something else, right? A non-witness child or, or somebody who was outside of the organization. And this would cause them to get justice. And then that would bring to light all these other cases, right? So we saw over and over, Candace Conti, who's one of the first to go to trial and win, you know, that came to light because her abuser went on to abuse multiple women, uh, multiple girls after her. And that's the only reason why they were able to 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 bring this to to light. So for sure. But the other point I want to make is this, because you said something, the idea of like hiding in plain sight and the idea of being critical of religion, right? I want to make the distinction that, you know, we could talk about religion's benefits up or down on a different podcast, right? We're not really talking about religion here. There's a whole other animal, right? Because I think that the moment you start having this conversation, people do tune out because it's like religion has its place where even when it's fucked up, we don't critique it, right? Yes. And I'm trying to make the point of like, that's great. Have that conversation with somebody else. I don't want to talk about religion. I want to talk about this, which is not religion. This is something else outside of it. And I think that's why we try to use the language of cults is to try to make a distinction of like, no, there's religion and then there's this. And this is something different. And this is something that is way more deleterious to, to people than religion, in my estimation. Yes. And the, and the other point, too, is when people make the, they have the argument of, you know, yeah, yes, that's happening. I'm like, well, oh, so that's happening. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to move on from that point. And bad shit happens in every religion. I, okay, but go back to the first fucking point. We're not, yeah, budding nothing. What Mike said, it's going on today in Scientology. It's going on in that person's home, this person's home. And so maybe at a certain point, we do need to look at, like, if your religion makes this okay, you need to start thinking about your religion. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're shutting your children because they're gay, because of your religion. And you think that's a godlike thing to do. Maybe you should look at your religion. Your children are being hurt, beaten, molested, raped. And you think yeah. that's okay? You got some serious fucking issues. Or how about this? How about you're, you're a mother and you have adult children and you're no longer speaking to them why? Because they're criminals? No. Because they're terrible people? No. But because they said, you know what? I don't think I, this religious dialectic makes sense for me. And that's enough for someone to not speak to their family for years right. and years and years. That is that the point I'm, I, again, trying to make is the abuse stuff is a way in for people to, to kind of shake them and say, look, take a look at this. But this stuff is more pervasive and I, I feel in some ways more corrosive because that affects every Jehovah's Witness. And listen, you made your film for a reason, right? You want people to know what's really going on there. And what can people do, Aaron, other than watch the film? What can they do to support this? What can they do to put a stop to this? It's a good question because the witnesses are really, I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to, to get through because they're told, uh, don't go on the internet. They're told, don't read anything critical. That if anything is critical or any, if you, they, they almost turn things like, the, the lawsuits and the news reports about the, um, the, the pedophilia, they'll turn that into a selling technique like this. They say, well, because so much of the witness dialectic has to do with the end of times, mm -hmm. right? When something like that happens, they go, see, Satan's coming after us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The end times, you know, the, the uh, uh, Armageddon must be close because look how Satan is trying to attack us. And so they take this 
completely, you know, grotesque thing that they've created, and they'll use that to try to reinforce the, um, the, the thinking. And that's really interesting. I was amazed, too, as I started to spend more and more time looking and thinking about um, growing up as a witness and, and what the witnesses do, how much of our lives were sort of production designed. Mm-hmm. You know, when I would talk to people about doing something on the witnesses, innocently, they would go, oh, yeah, but aren't the witnesses okay? Like, aren't the witnesses good people? <laughs> And I would say, yeah, you know what? They are good people. Like most of the witnesses I knew were mm-hmm. good people. And, and they were great people. However, we were taught to promote that we were good people, right? right? What we wore, the tie we wore, how we kept our facial hair, how we kept this, how we kept that. I mean, it was intense as far as what you could and couldn't do. The length of your skirt. There's, um, it's actually kind of funny, but one of the governing body members, um, who's you know this sort of elite group of seven or eight that run things, you know, he has a real, he's got a, he's got a real uh, gripe with tight men's slacks. Um, and so I'm not joking. There's like multiple talks on their online service where he's just going on about, you know, how tight a man's pants should be and how tight they shouldn't be, etc. So that's where their focus is. It's all sort of presentational to protect what, what you have because that'll keep authorities from really looking too, too much at us. I think the difference between Scientology was Scientology, because you had um, a science fiction writer, right? Because there were celebrities and because there was a, because it was modern for one, right? And the other was the sort of science fiction aspects to it. That made it where people loved being critical of Scientology, making fun of Scientology, right? The witnesses, I feel, are smarter in one way, which is they put out as boring a, a, a presence as possible. Right, they're completely boring. They are, you know, uh, they're very avuncular. They're clean cut. There's, there's really not um, any of that there. That protects them. That creates this sort of barrier to don't look too hard at us, okay? And I, I really feel that that's, that's whether they realize it or not, that is uh, a factor of them trying to protect themselves. I just wanted to say one thing, Leah, that you touched upon earlier and I've been thinking about for a while because one of the things that really had an impact on me, Aaron, in talking to the people that we had on our show was the trauma that these children went through about these Armageddon stories and the nightmares that they had and the fear that they had of everything that happened like you know, there would be a thunderstorm and lightning and thunder would happen and they would literally be thinking that the end of the world was happening and that this fear-based idea of, and I I know that that, you know, fear is a big thing in all religions. It it definitely, you know, you're going to burn in hell and et cetera, et cetera. But, But this idea that, the the sky could literally fall in tomorrow has had such impact on so many people it is it is traumatizing to hear them talking about it yes. let alone have experienced it myself but hearing them talking about it is just traumatizing and to your point when you were saying and look there's this bigger picture there are these people there are eight and a half million or how many of them that are out there that are living this life. And this life has been 
dictated to them by these, you know, eight old white, um, well, there's one of them's black, but eight yeah. guys who, who now say, this is what you do, don't do. This is what's going to happen. This is what God is or Jehovah is going to do to you or not do to you. And it is a, and Mike, it is and a, not, a and not living their lives. Like we weren't right. right. Like you weren't being a dad when you're a Scientologist or a Sea Org member, you know, you're part of the clergy of Scientology. Like Mike was, you're not raising your children. You're not being yep. a dad. You're not supporting them financially, emotionally. You're not reading them bedtime stories. I'm not saying that every family has a, sure. you know, a healthy, you know, two parent yeah. home. Like I'm not saying that. Right. I'm not, but we're talking about this, right? They're not, you weren't living your life. I wasn't living my life. I was living my life for Scientology. Jehovah's Witnesses are the same. They're not living their life. They find no value in this life. They're waiting for their real life to start when Armageddon happens and the yeah. new system of things begins, right? That's what, yep. so they have no value in family. They have no value in being a good person to the guy next door, if he's not a Jehovah's Witness, like there's no yeah. other than wanting to get them to, you know, be a Jehovah's Witness. But <laughs> right, they're not contributing members of society when it comes to person to person, human to human. You know what I mean? Yeah. We weren't helping people that weren't Scientologists, Mike. We were yep. only helping non-Scientologists to make them Scientologists. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've said it before, but this is the thing that really gets me because it was so ingrained in us was yeah. everything else was world. We would call it worldly. You know, one of, one of the things I do find kind of funny is I hear you guys talk about like the sea or how much the jargon, right. Yeah. As I started to compare and contrast, I was like, Oh, we had that, but we called it this. They have this, but they call it that. Yeah. What that means though, is it's all about separating you. Right. So yep. if you have yes. a completely different vocabulary, then yes. you're different. You're separate. Yeah. Right? This is again, this is how cults work. They have their own language. It's again, please, Go and Google for yourself a checklist for how cults and cult-like organizations work. I mean, you could be I in a will, relationship I will have that on that's, the please, Mike, because it's just I, you know, I just listen. We've come out of this, right? And now there's a kind of a frenzy to me, right? And to people like us, we're like, wake the fuck up! Like we're not getting better. We're not getting better. We're becoming more polarized. We're becoming more angry towards each other. And isn't religion supposed to bring us together? Isn't it supposed to create harmony? But where I was outraged, Mike, when, you know, like Aaron, it was a slow out because Mike was out before me doing the work while I was still in. But it was seeing what was really going on. Did I see it when I was in? No, I had my head up my own ass as well. I was <laughs> raised in this. So right. it's not like just, oh, I came in knowing this. Like if you're a Scientologist now, you probably deserve to be in Scientology. Um, but uh, Leah, I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to, sorry, I'd love to ask you a question if that's okay. Yeah. You know, uh, were you surprised when you came out both with Scientologists and, like I said, Jehovah's Witnesses and other religions, were you surprised at people's stories? Because I had to come at you um, pretty crazy. I mean, giving your profile, I would imagine a lot of people reached out to you once you started speaking out. Yes. Do you think it's only happening to you that you're every, you know, this is what we should talk about all the time at lunch and dinner? And after a while, you realize, you know what? Other fucking people are hurting. There's other mm -hmm. things going on in the world that have nothing to do with you, Leah and Mike and your cults. And yeah. 
that has always been our intention to do this for other people who have reached out to us. Yes, it, it's heartbreaking. Not to mention, Aaron, I personally didn't know these things were happening until I was out. Because like you, like people come out of cults, we're told not to go on the internet. We are severely punished if we do. They have a story about Mike or Amy Scobie, you know, big people who've left the organization. They were beating children uh, when they were here, and they're horrible people, and Mike's a wife beater now, and a baby shaker, and, you know, I'm a, a oh, prostitute, and I, you know, my assistant's a prostitute, and I was a whore, and I didn't help my family, you know, and, and my, my question is, well, they have websites up against, uh, you know, uh, yeah, on, yeah. And, and they also have a, you know, an organization, you know, because they have, uh, you know, $3 billion, they are able to, uh, and they don't pay their staff, they're able to have things like the Stan League, you know, say that they're anti-hate and anti-bigotry, <laughs> And they all day, all night tweet a hate towards us. And it's insane. But th there was a point to what I was saying, and I forgot what it was. No, but, but, um, but, but, to, but to what you're, if you don't mind me, to yeah. what you're saying is, you know, that's the, the, uh, the websites and stuff. That's a Scientology thing. The witnesses, they do kind of try to stay, again, Low, low. Well, they low call profile. you apostates. They, you know, they say don't talk to apostates, you know. But they're, you they're know, they not, do videos they, they don't about. Go, for sure. Yeah. No, they don't have an OSA, which is the, you know, Mike was right. the head of that, and and have policy that say utterly destroy the people speaking out, right? But, you know, to answer your question, it was overwhelming, and it continues to be overwhelming. And then to add on top of that, finding out what's going on with the Jehovah's Witnesses, I mean, I had to take a break. I was, I had yeah. to take a break. And, you know, I'm already at this point six years out, right? But yep. again victims don't always know that they're they've been molested they don't always you know they're brainwashed to believe that they deserved what happened to them that they did it right that's why it takes sometimes victims years to realize that they have been a victim in fact yep this jehovah's witnesses when we started to dig deep aaron the children that are being affected by it like what mike said it was astronomical astronomical. So what can we do now, Aaron? What can we do? I mean, having yeah. you on, you made a film. <laughs> what yes. can people do? Well, I'll tell you, I thought of you specifically because once the movie came out, I, I was overwhelmed with, yeah. you know, Instagram messages and, and I'm not like a social media person or anything. And I was getting inundated. And I thought to myself literally at the time, like, if this is what I'm getting, I cannot even begin to imagine sort of how, what, what you're getting. Um, to answer your question, though, I, I think the movie is, is important. I think that, you know, having as much stuff out there as possible, the witnesses are told, you know, not to read anything, not to go out, right. to only, only get their information from the society, which take a step back from that, right? Just that alone. Yeah. If something's good, like I like chocolate cake. You could tell me chocolate cake's bad all day long. I'm still going to know chocolate cake is good. So I can take a dissenting view in anything else in my life, right? But for why is it that this thing, which is completely controlling their lives, that they're not allowed to hear even one dissenting view of it? If sure. it's so great, if it's so great, it should be able to sustain uh, someone Some being criticism. critical of it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Same with uh -huh. Scientology. Yeah. So what, what we always tell people when they go, what can we do? Because people want to get into action. And I, that's why I love people who support us. 
uh, because they always, what can we do, Lee and Mike? And we say, talk to your council people, talk to your senators, talk to your representatives. I mean, that is what we tell people to do. We tell people, reach out as much as you can, make people aware, have them watch Going Clear, the aftermath, to read these books. If you can get people out, be supportive. Because ultimately, Aaron, like you said in the beginning, we don't think you're bad people. We just want you to live your life, whether it's Jehovah's Witnesses or Scientology. Live your life. Be a good person. Be Try to be the best parent that you can be, the best sister that you can be. You don't need an organization to tell you what is right and what is wrong. You're never going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. That's what that's what experience is, right? You make a mistake and now you have experience. And but people Go ahead, Warren. No, I was going to say there's, there's there's one element though that we're that we're missing, mm-hmm. which is you you and Mike and I would consider myself as well had options or made options for yourself outside of the organization. Yeah. What you have to understand is and I'm sure this is the same in Scientology is a lot of people who leave the organization because their lives are so entwined with it that leaving for them is a lot is actually an order of magnitude harder. Of course, listen, just like Scientologists, they have no support group. They have no family, they have no friends because, you know, like cults do, they make your whole life, they surround you with only Jehovah's Witnesses, only Scientologists, you work for Scientologists. Baby steps, right? You don't yep. need to make these grand gestures and be homeless. I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying start to look for yourself for the Mm -hmm. answers. You should be able to look at information. You are not doing anything wrong despite what you've been taught. And to see the guilt, Mike, remember we, the guilt of uh, people committing suicide because they made mistakes, they looked at porn, or they did something that wasn't, uh, that was worldly. Uh, They committed suicide because they they knew they weren't going to make it, right? Like, the pressure that is put on people in these organizations to be perfect. They can't. Yeah. It, it, it's just can heartbreaking. I, yeah. Go. Can I give you one example of this? And it's something I I'm interested to do something with. Yes. Um, but you still haven't answered into. my question. What can sorry, people sorry. do, Aaron? <laughs> what well, can I, people I, do I, to help? Yeah. I, I think that the thing that I've tried to, to do, and yeah. um, I, I think everything you said, I agree with. Okay. I will say in addition though, for, for myself as well as other ex-witnesses yeah, yeah. to be empathetic, to hear people like to understand that they're, they're leaving is traumatic emotionally. Yeah. It might be traumatic, whatever, to try to be there for them um, and to try to help, even if it's just offering support, sure. you know, where you're, 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 you're letting them know, look, this is, this is a normal path. This will end the pain that you're in. You know, you will get to a point where you'll, um, you'll be able to embrace life and it will get easier for you. There's a couple of uh, Ruben Ortiz who's in the movie. He runs a um, or he ran a uh, an online chat room type of thing on Facebook, and um, he found that there was sort of these, just like there's like the different um, uh, the, the different phases of death, like when people are are acknowledging that they're you know they have to kind of bargain. There was sort of these these same uh, things that he saw over and over again, where there were these phases. They would come out and they would immediately be filled with anger. And they were so angry. They wanted to talk to people about how much of their life they sacrificed. Then they would fear, oh my God, what am I going to do now? You know, and that became part of it. And so there really is like a psychological syndrome that is, exists among these people. And I think being supportive of those people and also letting people know 
that if they're still in the organization, and I found this in the doc as well, they call themselves PIMO, which is like physically in, mentally out. Mm. And ex-witnesses have all this jargon as well. I think they can't really fully give up their Jehovah's Witness-ishness. But those, there are a lot of people that are in that can't tell their families. We have somebody in the movie who still is in, um, but he will tell you straight up, I don't believe any of this, but I can't leave. Mm-hmm. Those people, if they are probably listening to this, whereby your garden variety witnesses are probably not. Mm-hmm. But for those people, just know other people have gone through it. However difficult you're envisioning things to be, ultimately it's worth it to live a life where you're honest with yourself. And I would say that's the, the biggest thing to get through. Because even myself, for a long time, it, I was sort of what, what ex-witnesses device, uh, derisively call fading, which was sort of like, I don't want to really, you know, I don't want uh, to upset anyone. I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but I also want to distance myself from the religion. Um, they look at that as sort of cheating because it's like you didn't just make a stand and, and leave. Um, but again, it was fear-based. It was, what about my family? What about, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to me? I don't, you know, don't want to be disfellowshipped. I don't want to be, you know, shunned. Um, right. So I think that getting through to people that, look, everyone who leaves goes through some version of this of and there's support for you. And there's other people out there that are more than happy to, you know, to be there for you. And by the way, you Great know, advice. no one said that, uh, you know, leaving something is not going to bring you pain, right? you you're going to go through difficult times. It's not easy to make these kinds of decisions, right? Like, I know we want everything to be like perfect and like, you know, I'm not going to feel anything. There's going to be no repercussions to my actions. There are repercussions and it's painful, but that's the only way you're going to make change, right? Like yeah. we, we just, it just doesn't happen perfectly. It, yeah. And it's serious. I mean, there, there's a family, there was a family in Detroit. Um, and again, it's something I'm, I'm curious to do to, to kind of delve in deeper on. But uh, it was a woman in a suburb outside of Detroit. She was disfellowshipped, basically uh, told, you know, she wasn't able to come back into the, into the faith. She ended up killing herself and her entire family because it still was so embedded in her mind that the, the only they way to get into it. paradise or the new system was to, to do this. And that she felt she had compromised her family's ability to get into the new right. system. And so that led to, to that. And that's a, that's a real story. That, that really happened. And so when we talk about this stuff, it's, again, going back to my point before, we're not talking about religion. This is not right. religion. This is right. something else. And if you don't think that it has real-world um, effects, it, it does, and in, in pretty major ways. And Aaron, yeah. you, know, what, you know, I'm always shocked when we do these podcasts and, and Mike, when we did the, uh, the special on the Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, we had some people come out on social media, you know, I'm a Jehovah's Witness and this is bullshit. And you got one side of the story. And I'm like, what's fucking bullshit about this, bro? <laughs> like, I'm fucking reading it. I see it in front of me. Are you insane? What the fuck? Do they not know? Because, Aaron, people ask us this all the time. Did you not know about Fair Game when you were in Scientology? Do yeah. people not know that the two witness rule exists? Do they not know that they're not allowed to get a blood transfusion to let their their yeah. children die? Like, do they not fucking know? Well, uh, again, like I said, it's set up so well, and it's like, it's like going to a casino where the casino only pays themselves, right? It's set up. The system is set up so that the good things are good for them and the bad things are good for them. Meaning, when they do hear these stories or it does seep in, mm-hmm. they're told this is a good thing. In the sense that 
this means we're at the end. Mm. I when I grew up, the end was coming tomorrow. The reason why I but didn't they, go to but, co- they, but you do you know? I'm sorry, you didn't go to college because you knew the end was coming, right? Well, of course. Yeah. That's what that's that's exactly why. Um, but Aaron, you knew about the two witness rule. I mean, are they lying when they say like that's not true? I don't I don't understand that part. So it, the thing is this: I tried very hard to get them to be in the movie. I wanted them to be in the movie. I would love to just sit and say, okay, you know, just explain this to me, right? right? Explain, explain just one thing to me. Why would you not hand this over to the authorities if it could, right. if it could help people? Please, right. like, I would love that. What's interesting is as much as you do have that reaction, right, which is they're lying, they never go deeper than that, right? You'll never get someone to go, oh, you know what? Put me on camera. I'll explain this to you. Never. It never happens. Like so I told you, they don't admit, right, that, yes, we have a disconnection policy. Like, it's right there in writing. That's what I'm saying. Like, right? it's right there That's in the writing. Best. But, but, but Aaron, the, you knew that there was a two-witness rule when you were in, right? So when people would confront you and say, you know, there's a two-witness rule, you know, like, tell me, explain that to me. Would you say that doesn't exist? No. No, no. That, we say? were proud of that. that we'd say, absolutely. That, that's in the, it's in the Bible. You have to have two witnesses. And how great is it that we have an organization that provides this kind of support where you can you have someone to go to, right? So you would just so these people are just maybe they're just not good Jehovah's Witnesses. Maybe they just don't know the the writings and the teachings of their own religion. Oh, they're just sh- shitty old social media, you know, shit yeah, yeah, stirrers. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Well, no, but it's a knee jerk reaction, right? They're okay. told these are lies, right? So whenever they do, you do see them, and you don't see them very often, but when you do. They pop up and they say, these are lies because they're repeating what they're told. They're not going to – if you could get them to engage with you so you could take this apart, great. But guess what? You're not going to be able to because they're not going to. Oh, I know that. I mean they won't even tweet us. I mean they they might tweet at us, but then we can't respond. Yeah. I mean all I've seen – I've seen a couple of comments, not many, but you know, it's like these are lies. And it's like, okay, cool. Please explain to me how these are lies. Right. Crickets. Right. Complete crickets. Same. 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 Got yep. it. What's the name of the film? The film is called Vice Versa Crusaders. It's part of uh, Vice's Vice Versa program, um, and it's on Vice TV on uh, on demand. Aaron, thank you so much. Oh my God! Thank you so much for having me. For caring, for continuing to expose this, and I, and I hope that uh, there'll be a follow up, and uh, <laughs> something can be done about this, and will be done about this. We, we're here to support you. I want to say thank you. Uh, honestly, I really appreciate you having me on, and I really want you both to know that um, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making this up. Over and over and over again, um, witnesses that I talked to would say, you know, that how much they they really appreciated what you were doing. And I heard from just so many people that said they reached out to you guys directly, and that they you responded and 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 tried to be there for them. And and uh, that just you know I really couldn't believe it. And uh, I, but I heard it over and over again, and I I think it's amazing. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. We appreciate that. And and to those guys who have reached out to us, you know, we we do take it seriously, and we the fact that we did an okay job at you know taking a stab at this and doing what we did and, and we were you know we were really really worried that we were going to uh fuck that up and you know we heard from people <laughs> saying no you guys did it right thank you and we heard their stories and uh we, we can't thank you guys enough for your support and we hope you support this project and uh make yourself just make yourselves aware of what's going on because you can do something. You don't have to be part of Scientology or the Jehovah's Witnesses. 
you know, you to do your part. You know, people need help. People need the support and not like, you know, people going, well, that's, that's not something that I, you know, I wasn't involved in that. So, you know, why should I care? You should care because you're a human being. That's all. And, and, yeah. and we need to remember, you know, our, our children are our job, right? That, that, that's first priority to protect our children the best we can. And if you're in some shit that like Scientology or the Jehovah's Witnesses or some other crazy ass bullshit that, that takes your children, tells you how what to do with your children, that hurts your children. It's your fucking job to do something about it, to stand up for your children. That's what a parent does. Yeah, yeah. And anybody telling you otherwise, you got to be, you got to be wary of it for sure. Be wary of it. Yeah, you got to be a fucking parent or don't have kids. <laughs> I, that's, I'm that's with what you. 100%. you do. I mean, that's that's what we do. I mean, at my age, Aaron, I'm reading parenting books, and I'm like, oh my god, I fucked her up already. <laughs> you know, but it's never too late to be better. Yeah. Just try to be better. If you're not doing something, you're not, you're just living and existing and like, well, that's the way my mother did it. Well, yeah, your mother was abusive. <laughs> and the fact that, the fact that we're even having to say this, I, I think is indicative of the, of the problem. The idea that somebody would get yep. in between a parent and their child, right. that alone should tell you something. I think that's indicative. Yes. Yep. I agree. Anyway, Aaron, thank you again Thank so you much. guys. Thanks so much. We are here to support and thank you all for listening and until next time. Please, Mikey. Bye bye. Bye, honey. <laughs>